The truth lives. Political bomb show starring Rishon Blyden. Zuckerberg. 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 Welcome to Political Bomb Show. I'm your host, Rishon Blyden. You can visit our website, politicalbombshow.cf. Or give us a call, 323-835-1123. Social media bill of rights. Is it time for us to drop a bill of rights to protect freedom of speech in social media? Well, the liberals obviously are going to say, No way, you can't do that. Of course they're going to say that. It's benefiting them. They're the ones that's actually being protected to say and do what they want, literally say and do anything that they want without repercussion. Libertarians may say, oh no, just let it be. Let everyone live free, do what they want. While us conservatives, and don't get me wrong, I'm physically conservative and sociably libertarian. I've said that before, but Definitely going with my conservative side on this one because we are being targeted. They're suppressing us the most. And uh, I'm going to concentrate a lot on Facebook today because, well, they have a lot of, uh, of people who, are, who uses the platform. So therefore, they're very influential. And... Just to let you know, it's not just Facebook I feel this way about. I feel this way about many other companies. I have did a song about it. For Amazon, Google, Facebook, Apple, Microsoft. Did I say Amazon? So don't tell me that I'm just talking about Facebook. Right now, they're the biggest ones that I'm concerned about. Amazon. That's another show. They are horrible. Definitely a monopoly. There's no one who can tell me that they're not a monopoly. Anyway, today is July 7, 2018. And I am super pumped. Tonight I'm going to go see Ant-Man and the Wasps. I stayed away from social media because there's just too much spoilers, especially on YouTube. I like I like watching videos on YouTube because, uh, you know, I'm into comic books and the movies and stuff like that but there's just so many uh reviews that have spoilers in them and i just don't want you know i don't want that to happen i don't like anyone spoiling a movie for me that just there's nothing that gets me more angry when someone spoils a movie for me i don't like it at all so um it reminds me of that uh what was that sitcom I can't even think of the name of it. Basically, it was a black and white sitcom when the guy got angry because um, the Honeymooners, that's it. Reminds me of the Honeymooners. I would react the same way. You are a blabbermouth. You know, that's how it is. I don't like people ruining movies or TV shows or anything that I like to watch because it's just asinine. But anyway... I'm going off on a tangent here. I don't want to talk about that, but I am um, looking forward to seeing Ant-Man and the Wasp tonight. And 
I won't certainly give you guys any spoilers either, but I will let you know what I think non-spoiler-wise. But definitely, a social media bill of rights needs to be drafted up. It needs to be done. I don't know how this will be done, but I just know that it needs to be done. And I need everyone to call their their congressmen and senators and and just let them know that they need to think about getting the social media bill of rights it's absolutely needed it's essential it needs to we need to be protected because the conservatives are the ones being squashed and if you think I'm lying about it I'm going to be playing different clips like from Diamond and Silk where they got the short end of the stick he admitted guilt and apologized but they're still doing the same thing to them. So we'll play stuff from that. We also play a clip from a woman who had a hashtag Jesus t-shirt. And it was taken down. And, it, you know, this, things like this is really, really, I can't, I can't even find a word for it. I mean, what if it had been a t-shirt that said hashtag Allah? Would they have taken it down? You bet not. They wouldn't have touched it. I think anything that's that's targeted on on Facebook is heterosexuals, families, Christian Christianity, Christians, you know, anything in that realm, Trumpsters, Trump, Trump supporters, Republican supporters, anything along those lines, that's what's targeted. But you could put anything. I bet if you you could put satanic messages. You could put anything you want on there. Terrorist terrorist talks, and nothing will happen to your account. You know, I I, I was watching a video where the guy he they took his um I forget what he put up there. I think it was must have been a pro Trump ad on there, and they took it down. But yet he pointed out to them. That someone did a, they put up there a meme. That, oh, now I remember. He put up a meme of Obama, which says, put it, essentially he was in jail. And they took it down. So he pointed out to them and showed them, someone put up a meme of our great president naked, and they were spray painting him orange. That's, that's, you going to tell me that that's, there's nothing wrong with that? You claim that your platform doesn't allow nudity. That's certainly nudity. And when someone someone points it out to you, you do nothing. Or you have Louis Farrakhan, Calypso Louis, who who uh, talks about killing certain groups of people and they don't consider that to be hate. I just don't understand how Facebook works at all. So yes, I am targeting them the most right now. Amazon is for another day because they are also a monopoly that needs to be chopped down to size. They're killing off everything in their competition. They're buying up newspaper companies. They're buying up um, organic whole food foods places. Rumors are they want to form their own bank. You know, it's too big. To, it's way too big. They're a monopoly. They need to be taken out and chopped down and chopped down right now because it's not right. They're killing off everything in their path. That is not the way how America should run. Where is the antitrust 
department doing nothing. Get off your lazy butt and do something. I'll be right back. I'm going to dispense with any opening remarks and dive right into the questions because I think many of us here have many questions for both Mark and David. The first question, what are the issues or things that keep you up at night? I mean, the main thing is just that um, what's going to happen when Facebook is no longer cool? I hope I don't get killed. That's not a joke. I mean, it might be funny, but, but it's not a joke. Um, what are you, what are you thinking about? What's swirling around in your head? Um, girls. Why not keep some things private and personal? Well, I like girls. I'm building Facebook to get girls. Let me just interject you for a moment. Guy is the moderator. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, I mean, obviously, there are um, restrictions on pornography. Um, Not in my house. I mean, <laughs> I do it. Right, so on the weekends, sometimes I do. Um, yeah. So we, we spend a lot of time doing it. Um, uh, Mark, we still have lots of, of questions for you, and I'm sure there are lots of questions out, out there as well. But I want to ask you about Google and Google. Google and Google. We okay? Yeah, yeah, no All right. Um, Do you have any anxiety about Google? Do you have any worries or concerns? Is it annoying? You know, honestly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Google came out when I was in middle school, right? And, um, and whatever. So, I don't know, that's, that's our take. Last question for you, Mark, before we, we, we have to wrap up. Where do you see yourself in 20 years and beyond? I just think over the next few years, we're gonna download all of Wikipedia and fork it and create a rival encyclopedia. That's what we're focused on. Um, there's a lot more to do, it's really exciting. Mark Zuckerberg, David Kirkpatrick, thank, thank you. you. Good. Thank you. You're very popular. What are you doing with my phone? You're wearing that. You don't want to look cheap, do you? Now, um... You're not going to make a fool of yourself tonight, are you? I love you too much to let you do that. Abuse in relationships isn't always physical. For information and help, search This Is Abuse. Welcome back, Political Bomb Show. So let's do a little news here. Before we get to the meat of the show, which is, um, like we said, the um, giant Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, well, Google, because they own YouTube, Microsoft, Apple, uh, who else? Am I missing? I'm sure I'm missing some. Are very much monopolies and should be breaking up broken up in pieces 
Amazon, of course, the main offenders in my opinion. So we're talking about social media bill of right needs to be established. But right now, let's do some news before I get to the bolts and nuts of that conversation. So let's see. AIDS vaccine passes early tests. That's something that's very, um, that's very good. Let's see here. The source of this is from uh, Yahoo, I guess Yahoo News. So it says a candidate AIDS vaccine passes key early tests. Scientists announced that a trial drug against AIDS vaccine has yielded encouraging results and has advanced to the next phase of the pre-approval trial process. Now, the Paris AFP, the near 40-year quest for an AIDS vaccine receives a hopeful boost. Saturday, when scientists announced that a trial drug triggered an immune response in humans and shielded monkeys from infection. Hmm. Shown to be safe in humans, the candidate vaccine has now advanced to the next phase of the pre-approval trial process and will be tested in 2,600 women in southern Africa to see whether it prevents HIV infection. Very good. Um, some, I remember, people used to say that the AIDS and HIV was created by the creator to get rid of the homosexuality on the earth. But I don't know how much that holds to be true since it also takes out heterosexuals as well. I used to hear rumors when I was growing up that it started because a man decided to have sex with an ape or a chimpanzee and then he had sex with men anally and that's how it was that's how you got AIDS and of course sharing dirty needles doing drugs. So let's read up the origin of HIV AIDS and actually see what the origins actually are. Now I did not know what um what the uh what the HIV what it actually stands for I don't know I just know that what it does so HIV first began to spread along the historic trade route of the Congo Basin in 1920s I didn't even know it was that far back that was really far back a key point, the HIV crossed from chimps to humans in the 1920s in what, was, what is now the Democratic Republic of Congo. This, this was probably as a result of chimps. See, they say probably, so they don't even know. 
This was probably as a result of chimps carrying the simian immune deficiency virus that's known, better known as SIV, a virus closely related to HIV being hunted and eaten by people living in the area. So, I mean, it is possible that they did hunt and eat these these uh, chimps that had the SIV, and that's the link between HIV and SIV. But after they did eat it, then... I don't, I'm pretty sure that's not how it happened in America, for instance. I think it happened more from shooting up drugs and, and probably anal sex, I'm guessing. I don't know. I'm not an expert. I'm just reading the origin here. So HIV is a, is a type of... I'm, let's pronounce this slowly. HIV is a type of lin. Lintai virus, which means it attacks the immune system. In a similar way, the SIV attacks the immune system of monkeys and apes. Research found that HIV is related to SIV, and there are many similarities between the two viruses. HIV-1 is closely related to the strain of SIV found in chimpanzees, and HIV-2 I didn't even know there was a one and two. I just saw it was just HIV. It goes to show how ignorant I am to the disease, to the virus, I mean. And HIV-2 is closely related to the strain of SIV found in Sudi mangabees. I don't even know what a mangabee is. I guess it's some type of animal. Now let's go to a little Q&A where there are questions that are asked, but the answer is already known here. But you may not know. Let's see. Let's test your mind. Did HIV come from monkeys? Okay, time's up. In 1999, researchers found a strain of SIV. So we talked about that before. It was closely related. So it's not, it's, I would guess the answer would be no. How did HIV cross from chimps to monkeys? Well, we kind of read that already by um, humans consuming that meat. The most commonly accepted theory is that hunters transferred the, you know, hunters ate the meat basically and it was transferred to the bloodstream. They said that's the most popular theory. So what's the other theory? Probably the one that I grew up on, and they don't, no one wants to talk about it. Uh, yeah, they're not, they're not even mentioning it. But why would you not give me the other theories? You just give me one. But anyway, let's move on. How did HIV two get passed to humans? Yeah, that one I want to know because I didn't even know there was a one and a two. So HIV two comes from. SIV in Sudi Mangabi, monkeys, or it's another type of monkey, rather than chimpanzees. The crossover to humans is believed to have happened in a similar way to the butchering of those monkeys for meat. It is far rarer 
and less infectious than HIV-1. As a result, it infects far fewer people and is mainly found in a few countries in West Africa like Mali, Nigeria, Sierra Leone. When and where did HIV start in humans? Studies of some of the earliest known samples of HIV provide clues about when it was first appeared in humans and how it evolved. The first verified case in of HIV is from a blood sample taken in 1959 from a man living in what is known Kinshasa in the Dem- Democratic Republic of Congo. The sample was retrospectively analyzed and HIV detected. I didn't even know it was that far back. I thought this happened you know, in the 80s. I've, you know, who knows? That's what I thought. There are numerous earlier cases where patterns of death from common opportunistic infections now known to be AIDS defining suggest that HIV was the cause, but this is the earliest incident where a blood sample can be verified infectious. Did HIV start in Africa? I think it did. That's what I've heard, but let's see what it says here. Using the earliest known sample of HIV, scientists have been able to create a family tree ancestry of HIV transmission, allowing them to discover where the HIV started. The studies concluded that the first transmission of SIV to HIV in humans took place around 1920 in the Democratic Republic of Congo. So the answer is yes. The answer is yes. How did HIV spread from Kenshia? The around Kenshia is full of transport links such as roads, railways, and rivers. The area also had a growing sex trade around the time that HIV began to spread. Sex trade, hmm. The high population of migrants and sex trade might explain how HIV spread along these infrastructures routes. By 1937, it had reached Brazzaville, about 120 km west of Kensha. The lack of transport routes into north and east of the country accounts for the significantly fewer reports of infections there at that time. By 1980, half of all infections in DR Congo were in locations outside of the area, reflecting the growing epidemic. So that's what happened there. Why is Haiti significant? I don't know. Let's find out. In the 1960s, the B 
subtype of HIV-1 has made its way to Haiti. At this time, many Haitians professionals who were working in the colonial Democratic Republic of Congo during the 1960s returned to Haiti. Well, that's why they returned home, and some of them were infected. Initially, they were blamed for being responsible for HIV epidemic and suffered a severe racism, stigma, and discrimination as a result. HIV-1 subtype M is now the most geographically spread subtype of HIV internationally. By 2014, this subtype has caused 75 million infectious. I'll be right back. I'm Martel. I'm Sasha. I'm Josh. I'm Sandra. I'm Matt. I'm Maria. I'm Aaron. I'm Desiree. I'm Pedro. I'm Marcos. I'm Victor. I'm getting an HIV test because I didn't use a condom. Because I'm getting into a new relationship and I want both of us to be safe. Because I shared needles back to my party days. Because my husband had an affair and I just need to be sure. Because I've had an STD and I'm more at risk of contracting the HIV virus. Because now that there's a rabbit oral swab test, I can no longer use my fear of needles as an excuse not to get tested. Because it only takes 20 minutes and I can finally stop worrying. And it's free. Because I want to have kids and I need to know how to protect my baby. Because I care about him. Because I care about him. Because I've got my own personal reasons to question my HIV status. What's your reason? for getting an HIV test. Go to erasedout.org for the other reasons you should get tested today. That's erasedout.org. Get tested. Get treated. It's free. Welcome back. We are doing a little bit of news and I'm going through the origin of HIV AIDS. Again, telephone number 323-835-1123. If you've been infected by this virus at all and would like to tell your story, give us a call and we will talk to you about it. If it's um an interview, which probably will be better because you, I'm sure your story can't be told in a few minutes, it'll be better off if you schedule with us for an interview. And, of course, you visit politicalbombshow.cf, scroll down, and you will see where you can be booked. So, what happened in the 1980s in the U.S. as far as the virus goes? So, people sometimes say that the HIV started in the 1980s in the United States of America. But, in fact, this was just when people first became aware of it. It officially recognized as a new health condition. Actually, so in 1981, a few cases of rare diseases were being reported among gay men in New York and California, such as as uh, Kaposi's sarcoma, a rare cancer. 
and a lung infection called PCP. No one knew why these cancers and opportunistic infections were spreading, but they concluded that there must be an infectious disease causing them. And at first the disease was called all sorts of names relating to the gay world. It wasn't until 1982 that scientists realized the disease was also spreading among other populations such as hemophilia. Let me take this slow. I've never seen this word. Hemophiliacs. What is the hemophiliacs? I don't know. And heroin users. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. By September that year, the disease was finally named AIDS. It was only in 1983 that the HIV virus was isolated and identified by researchers at the Pasteur Institute in France, originally called lymphopathy associated virus or LAV. I should have just said LAV. <laughs> the virus was confirmed as the cause of AIDS. When scientists working at the USA National Cancer Institute isolated the same virus and called it HTLV-3, LAV and HTLV-3 were later acknowledged to be the same. Lord, it's a lot of information lot of information. What is the 4-H club? I don't know. 1983, the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, in the United States listed the main at-risk groups, including partners of people with AIDS, people who injected drugs, hemophiliacs, and people who have recently been to Haiti. At the time that cases of AIDS began to emerge in the USA, the absence of definitive information about HIV and its link to AIDS inflated the panic and stigma surrounding the epidemic. Before long, people began to talk about uh, homosexuals, hemophiliacs, heroin addicts, and Haitians contributing further to the stigmatization. So that's just a little background origin of the HIV AIDS. Now, some people say gay black men seem to, to be affected a lot more than white gay men and other races. Could that be that maybe gay black men, they sleep around more and they're more promiscuous? That's sort of what I am thinking. I don't know. Again, I invite you to be interviewed and talk about it on my show. Politicalbombshow.cf and fill out the form there and we'll be glad to talk to you about it. 
but don't take my word for it. I'm going to play a clip, and it's a gay black man who is living in Atlanta, where apparently Atlanta is where many gay black men go to form relationships because that's just where they a lot of them relocate, and that furthers the um the the train of thought that perhaps black gay men are not using condoms and they're more promiscuous because it's an epidemic there. So I'm going to turn it over to him and you can listen to what he has to say because he knows he's he's one of them who's um, been affected by the epidemic there and he has a lot of knowledge. So let me turn it over to uh, him. As someone who is HIV negative, he's often accused of demonizing gay black men and ignoring the evidence of what's really behind America's HIV problem. How do you explain the fact that it's still such a problem in the black community and not in the white community? Because for a lot of people that shows that it isn't just about behavior, it's about things like healthcare and education. I'm a member of the black gay community. I understand and I see what's going on, and it's unfortunate what I see going on in our community. They, these guys are not trying to build relationships. White guys are more prone to get into relationships. I mean, I don't know if that's true. Well, I know it's true. If there have been studies done that show that black gay men actually have fewer sexual partners than white gay men. <laughs> well, nobody's gonna walk into a study, uh, into a, talk to a, a person who's taking a study and say, well, you know, I just slept with five people in the past 48 hours. People are not going to tell the truth. I know what these guys are doing. Nobody this is like an America-wide study that, that oh. shows that black men engage in less risky sexual behavior, I have fewer partners. I take that study and toss it into the trash can. And I'm being very serious with you because I know that's not accurate. I talk to too many people nationwide who tell me partner after partner has insisted that they do not have protected sex. They want But maybe that's the same sex. in the white community. Well, it could be the same in the white yeah. community. I can't tell you nothing about what's going on in white America. So in white America, I don't know men have more sexual partners than black men. I don't They're know anything about just that. just as likely to I use just, a condom. I couldn't tell you anything about their, their sexual practice because I'm not a white man. Mm. My point is, if, if the sexual behavior doesn't differ, why is the problem so big in the black community? Is it not something systematic that's happening as well as this when, promiscuity that you see? When you say systematic, you think somebody's out there injecting these guys with HIV? No. Okay, so when you say systematic, what do you mean? Explain it to me. I mean education, access to health care, historical interventions being targeted at the white community. Mm. There are a lot of factors that a lot of other people see. Yeah. Well, because I'm black and gay, and I've sat here in Atlanta since 1989, and I've witnessed and watched friends all over the United States within the black gay community. I can honestly say promiscuous, risky sexual behavior is the problem. So welcome back. So I tend to agree with him more. He would know he's a gay black man and he's been living in Atlanta for since, I think he said 1989. I think he would know more than that reporter knows. Her angle is, oh, because white gay men, their skin color, because of their skin color, they have access to more like healthcare and and uh, information. But I 
disagree with her. I agree with him that it's probably because the black men, the gay black men are probably promiscuous and they're just having unprotected sex. And that's what's going on down there. It's like an epidemic down there. I mean, the statistics are startling. So I don't think she knows what she's talking about. Pretty much everyone and their mom have a, a smartphone. And there's access to the internet and access to search engines. So if someone actually did want to want to read up on information on, on the disease, all they had to do was, was Google how to prevent it or how it's formed or whatever and read up on it. So I don't think that they don't have access to it. I, I think that it's more what the guy said. So, yeah, she doesn't... She just has an angle. She reminds me of a mainstream news media where she has a certain angle on a story and no matter if it's right or wrong, she's going to go with it. That's what she reminds me of. A young a young bimbo broad is what she reminds me of. But I want to play another clip of some more stats from Atlanta. What's going on, young world? Welcome to Pretty Boss TV. If you have not already heard, Atlanta has one of the highest epidemic rates of HIV in the nation right now, okay? 66% of all HIV cases come from Atlanta. One in 51 Georgians will be diagnosed with HIV in their lifetime, and Atlanta is the epicenter of the southern epidemic. South has the highest risk of all HIV rates across the country. Atlanta is as bad as uh, Zimbabwe or Harare or, you know, or, or Durban. Emory's Dr. Carlos Del Rio compares Atlanta's AIDS problem to third world countries. The highest risks come from D.C., Maryland, Georgia, Florida, and Louisiana. other men have a one in six risk of catching HIV. For heterosexual men, the risk is one out of 473 men. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says if you live in the southeast, you're more likely to be diagnosed with HIV than any other part of the country. In Georgia, the risk of diagnosis leaps to 1 in 51. Well, I live in Georgia, and when I heard those statistics, I had to do a video about it. I was like, you know, this is crazy. I know a lot of people who go to Atlanta. I know a lot of people who have moved to Atlanta. When I was going to college, I remember living in Georgia, and I was like, you know what? As soon as I get old enough to go to college, I'm going to Atlanta. I was supposed to go to Georgia Tech. I went. Georgia Tech's right there in the middle of Atlanta. Beautiful building, beautiful school. But, you know, I just, when I got there and I saw that literally it was slapped in the middle of downtown, like for some reason, I just didn't want to be there anymore. You know, um, a I feel like Atlanta has a very sexual culture. You know, yes, you can make money. Yes, there's a lot of business going on in Atlanta, but there's a lot of dark businesses going on in Atlanta. So this isn't to bash Atlanta or anything like that. This is just to say, keep your eyes open. You know, down south has the highest rate of HIV cases, period. That's something to think about. And then when you're talking about a lot, most of the HIV cases in Georgia, 66%, which is over half, are in Atlanta. Okay, so that's crazy. You know, you know how many other 
cities are in Georgia and 66% of the HIV cases are in Atlanta. So, you know, I did a video about why I'm celibate. I didn't even talk about HIV and STDs, but that's definitely something I probably should have put on the video. You know, you have to protect your own body. You only have one body to live in. This is your temple. When you talk about wanting to have kids in the future, wanting to have a family, wanting to have a long, healthy life, I'm pretty sure you never thought about HIV being in that picture. People who catch HIV never thought that it would be them one day. That's not how it works, okay? Anybody can get it. So you have to really protect yourself. A lot of times the people who you trust, the people that you think, okay, I can have unprotected sex with this person, are the people who ends up being the ones to give you the HIV. You know, most of the time when people have one-night stands, a lot of times people will protect themselves. But when you're dealing with somebody who you love or somebody who you think you can trust, you have unprotected sex, those are the people who you get the HIV from. So, you know, these are just things to think about. You know, um, I know a lot of people, I know a lot of fellas, I know a lot of men, and a lot of men are very sexual. And this is not just to put it on the men because you have a lot of women out here having a lot of sex too. But you heard the rates. And the rates are much higher for men because not only do women have to deal with men cheating with cheating on them with other women, but now we have to also deal with men cheating on them with other men because a lot of these men don't consider themselves gay and they think that having sex with another man is just a sexual preference and it's not actually being gay. You know, a lot of men are wanting to straddle the fence of having a normal looking life with a woman, but they're actually dealing with men on the side. You know, so I would just say protect yourself. I just wanted to put those statistics out there because I thought that was crazy. I was just having a conversation with my brother and we were talking about any types of things the other day. But I had no idea how high the rate of HIV cases were in Georgia. So definitely protect yourself. You know, let me know what y'all think about it. Let me know how you protect yourself. This is definitely a conversation that we need to be having. I'll be coming back with another video soon. Thanks for tuning in to Pretty Boss TV. Peace. Very alarming and shocking. So, what's going on down there, down south? I mean, I know when I was growing up, as a guy, we used to always talk about, oh, I slept with this many girls, that many girls. It's probably the same thing in the gay community, I'm guessing. They're still human beings and they're still a man. They still think like a man and they still want have wants and needs like a man. So maybe they also say, oh, I slept with this many guys, that many guys. The only thing they just don't understand with them, it's uh, more risky to contract AIDS, HIV than heterosexuals. Now, I'm not saying that a heterosexual can't contract it, but I'm saying that it's more risky, as we heard with anal sex, it's a lot more risky for you to um, contract HIV AIDS than vaginal sex. So I'm just... Just stating the obvious, not not saying anything else other than the obvious. And they said oral sex, it's um you can rarely get it from that, but you could. So aside from educating yourself about it, if you're a gay black man, do you like to have sex without condoms and with as many partners like do you use some of these gay apps i don't even know any of them tinder is not a gay app but something like a tinder 
they use something like a Tinder, what they call essentially hookup apps. They use hookup apps and just try to hook up with as many partners as possible and not use uh, protection. You, like, you know, I don't know, you'll say something like you're allergic to, to latex. I don't know. I'm just shooting in the dark. I don't know what what you guys would say, but are you using hookup apps and are you just having as many as much sex as possible? How much sex in a day can one person have? How much sex in a day do you have? These are very important questions down south. I'm, I wonder what's going on down there. I'm going to have to try to reach out down south and see if I could get some uh, some gay black men for the show just to talk about this because it's very, very... It's going to kill off... You're going to kill off your um, black people down there in plain English. You're going to become like the dinosaurs if you're not careful. And so I don't like it where... Okay, yes, there's a... You heard this one guy, he said... I'm not sure if I played that clip from the interview, but he basically said that he's taken a, a, a drug that's, that keeps him HIV positive, I think he said, and he's not able to to spread the disease to anyone, so he's able to have unprotected sex. I don't think that, that you know, that, that just made me upset because the, he just, he still wants to have unprotected sex just because he's taking a pill where you really should be taking, you should be having protected sex, especially if you're gay and doing anal sex. You should be using a condom, so... Yeah, that kind of made me upset. I don't even think I used a clip, but I remember l- listening to that, doing my research. You, um, this guy who does ignorance. So, anyway, I didn't mean to turn this into a HIV prevention type show, but this is just the direction it went in. I haven't lost my train of thought. When I come back, I will dive in to the meat and potato of the show, which is, should social media have a bill of rights to protect free speech? This song is dedicated to a certain kind of people, which just so happens to be my favorite kind of people. You know, the ones that, you know, you're standing next to them and it's all of a sudden it gets dark. I mean, I mean, you know, your your best friend is. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Black people, I'ma steal your shoes. You better hide your wallet, cause I'ma take that too. Black people. Hey. Black people, one big family with a really big bucket of KFC. Black people. Seriously, like all of us are related. I ran into an old amigo named Juan Luis. The Mexican called me Apple cause we both hang from trees. Now I, I kinda took that in a joking way. But was he talking about monkeys or the KKK? We don't get sunburnt, just ashy knees. And we don't chew tobacco, but we will smoke weed. 
puff puff pass like the train that could And we can't spell neighbor so we call it the hood And most of us would die with a finger on the trigger I guess that's why they say I'm just a filthy little spear Chucking chicken, eating melon, sucking lone fetus Weed smoking long penis Well, you get the picture they try to keep us out the White House again But just like all White Houses, one of us broke in And welfare and diapers is all we got If you don't wear my favorite color, then you might get shot My favorite color is purple, by the way A black woman came to me to bash my song I told her all blacks are Democrat, now prove me wrong Black people, I'ma steal your shoes You better hide your wallet, cause I'ma take that too Black people KFC black people And it doesn't have to be KFC We like Popeye's biscuits too Hey, hey, hey. What's a black song without any rap in it, right? Yo, check it Uh, yo, yo, yo It always starts out that way, right? Yeah. Now there's a line between discriminating and not in different places You are if you use the n-word, but if you're black then you're not racist I mean, well, I guess you can, just not around your black friends You'll get jumped by every cousin, including the one behind that trash can Now, let me tell you a story back before America was stolen There were two tribes of black people, the Indians and the Poans The Indians were like caramel, the Poans were like sharpies I guess that's why they called them pilgrims and why they called us darkies The Indians had all the horses, land turkeys, the geniuses The Poans killed their horses Took their hair and their penises But uh, there's not really a moral to the story though Except that we will steal your goodies And that is how the story goes Black people, I'ma steal your shoes You better hide your wallet Cause I'ma take that too Black people Hey Black people, one big family With a really big bucket of KFC Black people Since 72 Going broke, making cheap cars Taller than you, black people Okay, you gotta admit We do have some nice rims though, right? Black people Front porch monkey With a blunt and a banana Ooh, I-E-E -E. Black people Hey, hey This is probably the most racist song I've ever written but if you laugh, you're racist too. So I don't feel bad. Besides, it's not racist if I'm black. Welcome back. There you have it. Black People by Z Flow. He actually took a lot of heat for creating this satire song. And he's black, but he decided to do a satire. I think it's a funny song. If you can't laugh at yourself, then you know, then what are you? A Democrat. <laughs> okay, on a serious note, let's get back to um the meats and potatoes of the show. And we're gonna we're talking about should there be for social media a bill of rights and obviously it's a it's a rhetorical question the answer is of course it should be because what they're doing especially facebook they are 
killing us and facebook is it's a monopoly and this is the reason why there should be a bill of rights how you know personally i think that you should just break them up it's a monopoly and if you break them up there won't be a need for bill of rights but may well actually you still should because even if they're broken up statistics shows that that liberal they own social media type companies and mainstream com media companies so yeah maybe there should be a bill of rights for that maybe someone should start a petition so someone with a with a larger stat status uh, um with more prestige you know i started nothing's going to really be done but someone with a big name i don't know like a denzel washington or someone big should try to start a petition for that because it's um it's definitely needed it's needed it's needed so i'm just trying to lighten it up because that little segment on the epidemic of aids down south in black men gay black men it's a very heavy-hearted uh segment there so i'm trying to lighten the mood a little bit that's why i played that satire song so anyway um we are gonna get into um marky zucky 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 sucky zucky i call him sucky zucky i don't like him at all so we're gonna i'm gonna play the first clip on zucky and then i will comment on what zucky said Okay, so actually, I'm going to start with Nigel Farage. He's going to ask Zucky a question, and then we will uh, play Zucky's Sucky Zark. <laughs> Sucky Zark. Sucky Mark Zuck. We'll play his response. Uh, Mr. Zuckerberg, I'm, I'm the largest user of Facebook in all the EU institutions in terms of followers, in terms of engagement, so I'm, I'm your best client here in the room. I, I've no idea of the value of that, but I'm pleased to see you as I hope you are me. The one slight problem I have, and I, I'm watching very carefully the testimony that you gave on Capitol Hill. Time and again, people asked you, you know, is this genuinely a neutral political platform? And you come up with the same line again and again. It's well-crafted. You say that Facebook is a platform for all ideas. Now, historically, of course, it's true that through Facebook and other forms of social media, there is no way that Brexit or Trump or the Italian elections could ever possibly have happened. It was social media that allowed people to get round the back of mainstream media. Now, perhaps you're horrified by this creation of yours and what it's led to. I don't know. But uh, what is absolutely true is that since January of this year, you've changed your modus operandi, you've changed your algorithms, and it has led directly to a very substantial drop in views and engagements for those that have got right of centre 
political opinions. Uh, the facts are very clear. Just look at President Trump's numbers on a much smaller scale. Look at mine. Look at thousands of other conservative commentators. And on average, uh, we're down about 25% over the course of this year. And, you know, that's happening on a platform for all ideas. I'm not talking here, Mr Zuckerberg, about extremism. I'm not talking about encouraging violence. I'm not talking about hatred of anybody. I'm talking about people who have majority mainstream opinions, and frankly, uh, I feel they are being willfully discriminated against. What interests me is who decides what is acceptable? Who are these people you referred to earlier, these third-party fact-checkers? Who are these people? I mean, why is there no transparency in this process at all? Now, before we play Sucky Zucky's response to that, I could already tell you why. Of course, there's no transparency because we all know these fact-checkers are probably people from the far left. There's not probably you, but I would say if I was a gambling person, I would say out of 100%, 150% positive that they are definitely from the left-wing field. And that is why there's no transparency. Because if you knew who were doing it, you could, you'd know that it's still biased. It's probably more biased than it was before. And that is why the drop in percentage, as he talked about, with conservatives, because they're doing it on purpose. It's, it's a left-wing, left-leaning um, organization, and that's the reason it's happening. Obviously, I don't think Zucky, 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 Zucky is going to say that, but let's play Sucky, Zucky. Um, let me see if there's anything else that, that is important to touch on. Um, there are, there were a couple of questions about, um, about political bias that I, that I want to touch on because I think that this is a very important topic. Um, as, as a couple of you mentioned, um, we are committed to being a platform for all ideas. Um, that means that we want to make it so that, that people can come to, to our service and, and share any idea across the political spectrum. Um, it's very important to me that we're a service that allows for a wide variety of political discourse. We view that as a, a big part of our responsibility. And I can commit to you here today um, that we will, that we, we have never and, and will not um, make decisions about um, what content is allowed um, or how we do ranking um, on the basis of, of a political orientation. Um, so that, that's, that's an important philosophical point for me that, that I'm, that I'm um, proud to, to, to be able to commit to. You! You liar! Yeah, couldn't say it better myself. Complete other lies. And don't take my word for it. I'm just going to play some more proof that he's a liar. Now, many of you, if you're are in America at least, you know about Diamond and Silk. And so Diamond and Silk, they're pretty much two black women who are who are pro-Trump. And they have a show where they do some political commentary and have a pretty good-sized following. So on their Facebook page, they were, um, their page was shut down. So after their page was shut down and uh, Sucky Zucky, he had uh, met with Congress because of the um, 
what do you call it? Uh, the the Trump campaign. They used some. Uh, I can't think of the name of the group that uh, collected data. Uh, it'll come to me eventually. But anyway, he, he used. They uh, drilled him on that, and Ted Cruz he brought up the point about about Simon and Diamond and, and Silk, and obviously that he started a mumble and said they would look into it, and then and this he uh, eventually came up with this apology. And Mark Zuckerberg now admits Facebook messed up by calling social media stars Diamond and Silk dangerous in a newly released response to a senate committee the ceo says in part quote we mishandled communication with diamond and silk for months the message they received that characterized their page as dangerous was incorrect the duo which are avid trump supporters claim they were censored so diamond and silk said that they were censors and sucky zucky said that they were not well who do I tend to believe? I tend to believe what happened again. What happened again? What happened to these ladies again? Well, I will let them tell you in their own words. <laughs> Speaking of chess, Hottie, I had to get some stuff off my chest the yes. other day. Yes. So you all, I, I've been seeing your complaints yes. on Facebook, on the side of our page, even our email where you're not getting your notification. You haven't seen us in a while. And so we made a phone call to Facebook. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to their policy department. That's right. Nobody's gotten back with us since. Mm -mm. Uh -huh. mm -mm. They say they're going to check out stuff. But but they don't. We suddenly get a they text claim, now. They claim it's a freaking bug. Uh -huh. like yeah. I told All them, of a like sudden, a, it's a bug it's on a Diamond bug. and Silk page. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bug. I told him no, it's more like a roach. Uh-huh, yeah. It's, it's a bug. Yeah. Uh-huh. So up the, yeah. the, the, the wires. But everybody else, they can garner view. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Up in the millions mm -hmm. because I see it. Yeah. So we're just waiting on them to get back with us with their, probably their lie. Because mm -hmm. that's what they do. They oh, they lie yeah. and they keep they keep saying, saying more, lies, more lies and they say more lies yeah. until they get caught up in their lie. Yeah. And then once they get caught up in their lie, yeah. now here they come, mm -hmm. like they doing something. Well said, ladies. Exactly right. Just like I think I spoke of earlier with archive.org, in my case, where they locked me out. I sent them an email saying, hey, liberal guys, why did you lock me out? And they get back to me, oh, we're so sorry, sir. It was an administrative problem. Yeah, it was, sir. Anyway, but they are exactly right. It's happened again. Right after they they claimed that uh, Zucky, Sucky Zucky, they said that they mishandled Diamond and Silk Page. And they're, they're still finding ways of messing with them by not letting their millions and millions of uh, fans get their notifications and their emails. They claim it's a bug, like she called it a roach. So it's, yeah, it's unfortunate that these things are happening. And Facebook, they find themselves in yet another legal battle. And let's listen to that. Android users are filing a lawsuit against Facebook for collecting and storing information from their personal cell phones. 
the plaintiffs argue that Facebook's Android app failed to inform users that the downloading of the application would enable them to collect information about their calls and text messages. Yep, 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 yep. I don't use Android anymore. Android is the worst. That's a phone that I will never go back to. I don't care how big and fast it is. It's not a platform I'm going back to. But yeah, another lawsuit collecting data. And I remember that too when I had an Android. They were doing that, collecting all of my text messages and logging my phone calls. I'm like, why are they doing this? I would try to delete it and it kept coming back until I finally got rid of it. That was ridiculous. I don't understand why. Well, I do understand, but anyway, um, it's just ridiculous. Breaking news, uh, four of the boys who were trapped in, uh, I think, the uh, soccer fiasco thing there, four, four of them were rescued, so that's a good thing. Very good thing. Um, now, speaking about Facebook censoring, um, there's a woman, and I mentioned it at the beginning of the intro, I said that she had a Me Too, I mean, not Me Too, get that stupid, hashtag Jesus shirt, she was, she wanted to do an ad for it, and Facebook, they refused to do it, but let me let her tell you in her own words. Well, just to prove my point, uh, Facebook just took down the hashtag Jesus campaign. Here's the screenshot of the email they just sent me. And they're not making me delete the post, but they won't show it to anybody that it can't be advertised. And you guys have seen it. All there's, It's a, just a peaceful hashtag Jesus. The shirt just literally says hashtag Jesus. But um, they said that it is not approved. That which is exactly why we started the hashtag Jesus campaign, because they are bigots. They are intolerant against Christians. They are practicing discrimination against an entire people group. And the ACLU will defend everybody else, but they won't come to the defense of Christians. Look up the court cases. When was the last time that the ACLU protected a Christian from discrimination? It doesn't happen because they're part of the cabal. They're the, the attorneys of the cabal. And as for my other videos, I am working on a really cool video about like deja vu and the Mandela effect and how the Schumann residence of Earth is changing and how the rays in those statistics line up with the increase in earthquakes and the increase in UV radiation that we're detecting and sort of a cell mitosis effect that we're going through here on Earth as there's a separation taking place. But anyway, it's taking me some time to get it all compiled and edited and all of that. Things are really crazy right now with, with the court case for my son and everything going on this week, but I'm doing the best I can. But this just popped up in my email, so I thought, hey, the perfect addition to the perfect day. And I thought it sincerely proved my point that we need to double our efforts. We need to double our efforts to make the name of Jesus public again because they're doubling their efforts. Please, you guys, one of us by ourselves can't make a difference, but there's over 2 billion of us. At least if we could rally up, you, you see on the videos, some, some of my videos even have 
one of them has 9 million views or 6 million views or something like that. Several of them have hundreds of thousands of views. We don't even need that big of a movement. We just need people to move. Please take part in this. We need to resist them. We need to resist this censorship. And to do that, we have to unite. We have to help one another. It's not good enough to sit around and complain. We have to move. We are the move of God. You guys, I'm asking you, please help me fight this. Be the resistance. Hashtag Jesus on all of your social media, all of your comments. If you're on here watching videos like this, then you, you have a social media presence. You can hashtag Jesus on your Twitter account, on your Instagram account, everywhere. You can help get Jesus trending again. They can't censor the name of Jesus if we put his name out there. They're obviously not going to put his name out there, but we can. We can. We can get Jesus trending again. And I know it's discouraging to be targeted and discriminated against and belittled all the time for our faith in Jesus Christ, but we need to be stronger than that. We can do this. We have the power. We have the name of Jesus. That's why they want to censor the name of Jesus, because there's power in the name of Jesus. So please stand up with me and let's get Jesus out in public. Let's put Jesus right in their face. If they want to fight us and they want to try to hide the name of Jesus, then let's double up our efforts. Let's tag Jesus everywhere we go. Let's contribute to the campaign. Get a shirt or whatever. Get a coffee mug to sit on your desk. It's a small sacrifice to make. It really is. But you know what? I don't care what that email says. I'm not going to let them win. They don't have the power. We have the power. And when I go to the grocery store today, there's going to be at least a dozen people, maybe a hundred people, that when they lay eyes on me, they're going to think about Jesus. At least for that split second, they're going to think about Jesus today because I'm going to have Jesus right on my torso. So they might be able to censor the name of Jesus and try to stop the hashtag Jesus movement on their website. But they can't stop me from wearing it on my body. Not yet, anyway. They can't rip the clothes off our bodies. You guys can put it on your body and people will see it. They will see it on the college campuses. They will see it at the gas station. They will see it on your desk at work. They will see it. We can get Jesus back out in public. Surely there are enough Christians out there with a little fight left in them to stand up and fight to get the name of Jesus back out in public. And for those of you who are already taking part in this, we did make the, the quota or whatever, so they are going to print the shirts. The first shipment ended yesterday. I guess they do it in like three or four day increments for whatever reason. I've never done anything like this, so I don't really understand. But they have like a timer thing at the bottom. But anyway, in the first three days, we met the quota. So they're going to print the shirts. They're going out right now as we speak. And what I want to ask from you guys is when you get these in the mail, if you are willing, will you please take a selfie of you and your shirt? Or if you're, I see several people bought several of them. So like you with your friends on campus with your Jesus, hashtag Jesus stuff on, or, uh, you know, just take it. If you don't want to be in the picture, just take a picture of it laying on your couch. 
or if you bought the banner stickers, the picture of the sticker on your door, you know, or on your college dorm room wall, or, or if you bought a coffee mug, just take a picture of it sitting on your desk at work or whatever you think might be fun or help trend this because there's a place on this campaign site, this Teespring site, where you can actually make like a montage of, you know, fans. And so I wanna make a montage of the people who are already taking part in this movement and put it together and put it to help this trend, to put it on this site, if you're willing, like I said, if you don't wanna be in the picture, I completely understand. But if you are willing, please email me those pictures at extremerealitycheck at yahoo.com. That's just like the website is spelled without an E. It's X. It starts with an X. ExtremeRealityCheck at Yahoo.com. In fact, I'll put it down my email down in the description box. So please take the time to take a cool picture or a selfie or whatever with your hashtag JesusWear and send it to me. And I will make a little sort of trailer thing to put on the end of the videos or to and to put on this Teespring site to help, help encourage people, inspire people to take part in this movement. Because we need to keep fighting. We need to keep beating back the beast. We have to. If we don't do it, we are the restrainer. If we don't do it, nobody's going to do it. Okay, well, I better get back to work. That's all I wanted to say. I hope that uh, you guys will help me. Share, share, share. Hashtag Jesus. Hashtag Jesus. And contribute to the campaign if you can afford to. And if this is the first time you've heard about the hashtag Jesus movement, if you could just go back and watch this, this is the video where I introduced it, this Justin Bieber Instagram controversy, hashtag Jesus and hashtag the storm. If you don't like Justin Bieber and you think he's Illuminati or reptile or whatever, just please get over it. It's not about Justin Bieber. This is not about Justin Bieber. This just explains how God started speaking to me about this movement. And it, you know, it's not even about me. I don't, there's not a single shirt in any of these stores that promote my channel, my website, anything. This is just straight Jesus. So it doesn't matter what you think about me. It doesn't matter what you think about Justin Bieber. If you are the resistance, if you are the body of Christ, then I need you to please please rise up and move. But anyway, thank you guys for hearing me out and special thanks to all of you who have already joined forces in this hashtag Jesus movement. I so appreciate you. You restore my faith in humanity. We can do this. I love you guys. God bless you. So that's unreal. Definitely. I know if it was any other religion, hashtag atheist, hashtag Buddha, hashtag Allah, it could have been anything else and they would have allowed it. But hashtag Jesus or hashtag God probably wouldn't make it through the folds there. So it's just unbelievable how unfortunate Facebook is blocking conservative and Christian values. And that's just what they're doing. There's no, there's no, as they claim to be a free forum, there's no free forum. What are they saying that hashtag Jesus, it's, it's, uh, it's hateful, it's dangerous. Why well, you don't want to offend a Muslim, but yet you could put hashtag Allah and I bet I would, you wouldn't care to offend uh, Christians. You guys are pathetic losers.
Sucky Zucky. That's why I called him Sucky Zucky. Unbelievable. Really unbelievable. I just don't understand what's going on here. But anyway, sorry I didn't get too much of the news. I will do that on Monday's show because, like I said, the show was taken in a direction I wasn't expecting it to go. But it did definitely go in that direction. I'm not sorry it went in that direction. Um, it was a great, um, great show. So, um, I hope that some of you gay black men in the South take me up on my offer. I'd like to interview you on the show here and, um, just visit politicalbombshow.cf and sign up there to be a guest on the show. So before I take off, I just want to play a parody that's quite fitting. It's a Mark Zuckerberg Infowarp parody. Actually, no. Shame on me. I can't end the show. I still have to a little bit more to do on this Facebook fiasco here. For instance, the, the sharing of your data and how al algorithm works. That's uh, how they're doing it now. And if you listen to it, you'll know the algorithm is pretty much the input was still done by a human and the human is probably left wing. And so that's why the results are just as bad, if not worse. So, yeah, let's not end the show yet. I am so sorry. But let's still go to uh, that clip like I was talking about. deal that Facebook is is completely overhauling its mission and, and has a new mission so what is the new mission of Facebook yeah we're gonna start censoring pro-Trump news or news we don't like not, not, not even fake stuff we're just gonna censor it. so how exactly do you do that so I guess the message is to you hey it don't matter what's true you keep your mouth shut or we're gonna call you Hitler. Take me inside Mark Zuckerberg's head to like the moment that you decided you needed to change Facebook's core mission. The, was there an event that happened or was there just a moment that you said, we gotta change something? Obama put an internet kill switch in place in 2010 and then signed a bill right before he left office saying that the CIA would be over the media and over the board of governors of the FCC. I mean, this is crazy stuff. And it's in the news. It's not like I'm saying it. What have you had to kind of learn from the spread of misinformation? Or what have you learned to make sure mm -hmm. that people can really connect? It's not in the news, but corporations send each other communications. And they send stockholders information. And everything's there. Everything's there. I mean, you read the white papers today, it's like, we're preparing for a post-human world. Looking at the best way, do we just kill everybody right away with the virus? Or do we entertain them and then have them opt in to get more money up front? to then have the government euthanize them later. You keep hearing we've never been more divided, mm -hmm. we've never been more polarized. Was it the political climate that, that led to kind of this awakening? Let me give you the big news right now. Let me tell everybody the big news right now. If you think 
14-year-old and 12-year-old news about cameras and microphones watching and listening to you. You're like, oh, well, there's nothing about me that's interesting. Just like people put stuff on Facebook when they're going out of town where they live, people rob them. It's not that you did something wrong. You told folks what you had in your house, where you lived, and where you were going for a week. Oh, you're going to Cancun for a week. You said where you lived and what you had in your house and showed off the stuff you had, and then robbers robbed you. You're a dumbass. I don't say that meanly. It's true. Just like, oh, let the government know what I've got. I'm not that high. As if the government's full of angels. Samsung and all these companies for a decade have been telling you they're doing this because they're selling the data on you and the intel on you into big algorithm systems. <laughs> Thank you much, Alex Jones. Love the Infowars. Um, I'm going to talk about, this is, you know, the New York Times, if they really want to do some real news reporting they can as shown to this story that i'm going to play it says how does facebook track your data most people know that facebook has information about them we submit things like our names our hometowns our ages our birthdays and our interests and we assume that facebook is collecting that data but facebook has much more data on most people than they realize Facebook can take all the data that you submit and combine it with data from other users and outside information to construct a profile of you. Facebook uses nearly 100 different data points to classify your interests and activities. This would include basic stuff like your age and gender, but also more complicated information like whether you own a motorcycle or you recently went on vacation or whether you're a gadget geek. Researchers have found that by using signals such as your likes and interactions, Facebook could tell if you were in a relationship or going through a breakup. Facebook doesn't just know who you are, it also knows where you are. If you have location tracking turned on, Facebook collects an enormous amount of location data about where you're going, where you came from, where you live, where you work, what restaurants and businesses you tend to go to, and they use this information to target ads at you. And location data could reveal other people who live in your house, even if you're not connected to them on Facebook. Now, obviously, Facebook knows what its users buy when they click on ads from Facebook. But what most people don't realize is that they have ways of tracking your offline purchases as well. For many years, Facebook has had partnerships with data brokers that collected information about people's purchases. So, for example, if you buy a burrito with your credit card, Facebook could know about that transaction, match it with a credit card that you've added to Facebook or Facebook Messenger, and start showing you ads for indigestion medicine. One of the most controversial parts of Facebook data collection is a feature called People You May Know. And this is where Facebook uses many different signals of what it knows about you to determine who else you might be connected to. And this is not always things that you shared with Facebook. It might be contacts in your phone. It might be people who have been in the same room as you. Facebook was using location data to recommend friends. So it might have been recommending people who share a doctor with you or work in the same building. Facebook can also be used to compile data about your political activity, like protests or marches you go to. In one case in 2016, the ACLU found that 500 police organizations had signed up for a service called Geofedia, which scraped data from social networks like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to help officers look for users who might be in a specific location or attending a specific protest. 
For example, Geophedia claimed it helped the Baltimore Police Department monitor and respond to the protests after the death of Freddie Gray. Facebook doesn't just know who you are, where you are, and what you buy. It also can be used to figure out what kinds of things you might do in the future to predict life outcomes, like whether you will be addicted to substances, whether you will switch political parties, whether you're physically healthy or physically unhealthy. These are all part of the information that advertisers love to know because it helps them better target users. Yes, indeed, fake book is very bad and it really needs to be broken up. And the more the information gets out there, the more people hopefully leave the platform and hopefully they end up like a like a, a shell like MySpace did because it's ridiculous what they're doing to, to humanity here. They're too powerful and they need to be chopped down to size. Now, they talked a lot about Cambridge Analytica, what... Um, the, you know what Trump campaign used to help get that data from Facebook users. But what they don't talk about is something that this senator brought up in hearings, and I want you to listen to it. And it really needs to go back. Uh, I've read a series of three articles that were published in the MIT Technology Review back in 2012, and it talks about how proud the Obama campaign was of exploiting data on Facebook in the 2012 campaign. In fact, somebody asked you earlier if it made you mad about what Cambridge Analytica did, and you rightfully answered yes, but I think you should probably be equally mad when a former campaign director of the Obama campaign proudly tweeted, Facebook was surprised we were able to suck out the whole social graph. But they didn't stop us once they realized that was what we were doing. So you clearly had some people in your employ that apparently knew it, at least that's what this person said on Twitter, and thank goodness for Wayback and some of the other history grabber machines. I'm sure we can get this tweet back and get it in the right context. Um, I think when you do your research, it's important to get the whole view. I've worked in data analytics practice for a good part of my career. And for anybody to pretend that Cambridge Analytica was the first person to exploit data clearly doesn't work or hasn't worked in the data analytics field. So when you go back and do your research on Cambridge Analytica, I would personally appreciate it if you'd start back from the first known high-profile national campaign that exploited Facebook data. In fact, they published an app that said it would grab information about my friends, their birth dates, locations, and likes. So presumably, if I downloaded that app that was published by the Obama campaign, I've got 4,900 uh, friends on my Facebook page. I delete the haters and save room for family members and true friends on my personal page, as I'm sure everybody does. Then that means if I clicked yes on that app, I would have approved the access of birth dates, locations, and likes of some 4,900 people without their consent. So yet again, more proof how biased to the left that Facebook are, even though they say that they're a neutral platform. You really, you're a neutral platform? You, you liar! Sure, Zucky, Sucky Zucky, you're neutral, all right. Tell me about it. So the thing is, will people stop using Facebook? That is the question. Because it's a very, it's, you know, it's, it could be a good thing for 
family and friends who, you know, don't live in the same state or even the same country and you can share moments and stuff like that. But is it worth your security? That's the thing. Is it worth your security? And uh, that's the um, question you're going to ask yourself. I mean, there's stories out there that more and more teens are flocking to YouTube as opposed to Facebook. Now, I don't know how bad YouTube is as far as privacy goes because Google, they're also one of these companies that um, lean to the left that try to try to uh to block or in some cases uh what's the word I'm looking for? It's the word I'm looking for. They um they try they don't want the conservative message to get out there so they they um don't expose it to as many people as it really should be. I can't think of the word right now, but that's what they're doing. And um but anyway, more teenagers are flocking to to YouTube over Facebook. Now, um, I use both platforms. I still use YouTube, but I actually use them mainly for my brands. I don't. I used to use Facebook for my brand, and then I had my personal one. I don't use a personal one anymore. I don't touch that personal one. I only use my the political bomb show page. That's all I'm using. I don't even use my other brand page, my Raydog page. I don't even use that anymore because it's connected to my other personal page. And so I don't use it at all. And um, it's unfortunate that these things are happening. But I really do believe um, that something needs to be done. And I can't take credit for for the theme of this show as to... Um, Social media bill rights need to be drafted up for for uh, free speech. In fact, I'll play a clip from where it originated. I'm not generally somebody that calls for legislation on the international stage, but I'm beginning to wonder whether we need a social media bill of rights to basically protect free speech. And I'm asking you today very, very clearly that would you accept that today Facebook is not a platform for all ideas that is operated impartially. Zuckerberg. 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 And of course, we heard Sucky Zucky's answer already. So, yeah, it's. It's not going to be fixed unless it's legislated. I hate I hate to put it that way, but it's got to be censored. Not censored. It's got to be le- legislated where they allow free speech to all and not blocking us conservatives. And it'll serve well because you, we know that Facebook are not the only one doing it. I definitely know for a fact that YouTube is doing it too. And I know that Twitter is doing it. And there's been, you know, there have been... Uh, we call it. Uh, I forget the name of the group. He basically goes undercover and he uncovers things like they did in Twitter, where they found out about what they were doing, saving your your um private tweets and and even pictures and stuff like that. 
that was a big story. I can't think of his name right now, but it's the name is not important. The, the point is that they're all doing it, and these are all um, platforms we use in our daily lives, and a lot of us use Twitter for news. We use Facebook for news, which Facebook is the biggest, so we use that for news, and it's not right to have just left-wing propaganda there when millions and millions of people use that for their only source of news. It's not good. You have to let both sides of the news, and you don't try to call right-wing news fake and everything left-wing to be true. Who are these people that you're hiring, sir? Who are these people that decides the what's fake and what's not? I contend to you that there's no transparency because they're left-wing people. That's the bottom line. That is the bottom line. So I hope that the show was very informative today. And again, I'm calling for for the South Gay Black Men to call the show or, well, visit our website and set up, an, set up a, a booking to be on our show to be interviewed. And I want to know if the, if it's the epidemic down there is it still large as these people are saying that we as we heard earlier please let me know that i would like to raise more awareness of that because the black men are dying off down there and is is it because you guys are promiscuous and if you you know that the aids epidemic is promiscuous is uh killing you why are you not using protection is it just you just don't care basically you you just just playing Russian roulette with your life and you don't care about other lives you you're that uh selfish you just don't care if you destroy lives along with your own i mean what's what's the deal that I'd like to to get someone on my show or many on my show to talk about it so hope you have a good weekend and see you on Monday Oh, baby, come on, so come on, people, let's go. Oh, baby, come on, oh, baby, come on, so come on, people, let's go.